Guaranteed. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This right here, this is Asinine Radio. This is ep- this is not episode whatever. This is week two of January 2020. And this week is a special one because we have friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Wh- what's your name? Mike. Mike. Mike is here. I'm back, bitches. He's our, he's our beer buddy. He's our beer connoisseur. Uh, he's here to talk to us about our Fearless Beer Review. He chose our album of the week, so he's going to stick around for the entire entire show. For the whole shebang, I'm the whole here. shebang, baby. And on the other end is Jeff. He's not in the room with us. He's 350 miles away in Arizona, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, this episode we have our fearless beer review, our songs of the week, and round out the show with some new music and other happenings in the music world. And go to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Now that the boring stuff is over, let's get right into our fearless beer review take it away mike or yes. jeff either one i don't care jeff take it away say. jeff <laughs> okay. this was uh I, we're all drinking the same one right tyler's gonna ask me too yes. yes yes mike's more generous at sharing his beers than i am i guess clearly but um yeah so we we bought a very expensive beer off of this beer shipping app should we, should we name drop the app or no? Is that just do it? Tavor, yeah. Tavor. We'll get royalties from it. Yeah. <laughs> we bought this beer. It's called Endless Ending. It's a barley wine and imperial stout blend from uh, I think Anchorage Brewing Company. That's correct. Yep, correct. Which I think is probably in like Ohio. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was thirty-five dollars for a twelve-ouncer here. Oh, thirty-five dollars. So I think like ounce by ounce is probably the most expensive beer I've ever had in my life. Yes. And uh, it's 15.5%. Woo. It is. And they said that, I think the brewery said that they sell it for 25 at the brewery. So you got the upcharge of 10 bucks. So you guys got ripped well, off. Well, I'm not going to Alaska to get a fucking beer. True. So. You could. And they did have this at uh, my homebrew shop uh, where we are here in Orange County. Um, and it was more than what me and Jeff paid for it. So. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like 40 bucks, I think, there. Fucking God damn. That's not that much more than we paid, but... <laughs> it's still a lot more, but yeah, like uh, like Jeff said, it's a it's it's a barley wine with uh, imperial stout. I guess it's a blend of their a deal, their double a barley deal wine. With the devil. A deal with the devil. Oh, a deal with the devil. I can't reading hard. Darkest hour. The darkest hour imperial stout. Like it says the, the ale was then aged for eighteen months in barrels that previously held Woodford Reserve double oaked, and then blended into Missouri oak barrels to age for an additional three months before being bottled so it's good it's a doozy and people love it from what it looks like all the reviews and yeah has high really high ratings that always concerns I'm, me though because it has 4.5 and untapped and 93 on beer advocate like do you think it's really that good or just people don't want to admit that they wasted money on a 40 dollar bottle of beer i think people don't want to well it. so the blend of the beers that it's from a deal with the devil is like anchorage's like most sought after so that's why this one has all the hype probably the other one what was the other one um darkest hour the darkest hour darkest hour that's like a belgian stout so that's not really popular with them but we'll see yeah i don't know if jeff's gonna like it though i don't think so i know you don't think so? i'm, I'm no. pretty sure i'm not gonna like this because the last barley one i it's had gonna be too boozy for him from yeah. santan wasn't very good and i don't I know, know if i'm gonna like it oh you'll love it uh God, are we? Should we just get right into it and open it? Yeah. How are you going to open it, Jeff? Uh, with that wax? I got a knife here. Oh my God, Tyler, the same knife 
that we spread peanut butter with all throughout our Euro trip. Oh, that is a that is a classy knife right there. This, this knife has gone through a lot. This knife has seen the world, baby. Yes, it has. We already got ours open over here, Jeff. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna work yeah. at it here. All right, go for it. Yeah, it didn't work like at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, Anchorage Brewing, uh, it says that it's the newest or one of the newest breweries in uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, from what Mike was telling me, he, we think that it opened in 2010 or 2011. We're not really sure. But it's very popular. It's It looks very popular online. Do they hold their so, own festival? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I mean, Anchorage, I don't. it's not that big of a city. But their festival itself, too. I mean, because I went on their website, too, and I couldn't find like anything really about themselves. It just says festival. And they handpick, like... I don't know if that even matters, but they handpick top breweries that are out of Alaska. So all these people are bringing their beer to Alaska to this festival. It's like a hundred bucks to go to this festival. It only holds like two hundred people or something like that. So it's got to be a big deal, right? Because it sells out like super quick. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Anchorage is like one of like the the hype boys, so they're in like the cool kids club. Oh, but why is that? Um, probably because like their barley wine stuff like that. Um. But what makes it so unique? Is it the water that they use? No. I don't know what makes it unique. Oh. Well, I, mean, the, I just don't understand why they're so popular. Is it, is it because they, they blend so many different kinds of beer? Well, I know like the stuff they do is really good. Like They started out, I think, with just like like mixed fermentation beers, like kind of like Saisons and Sours and stuff like that. And then they got real popular with like the barley wines and like the barrel-aged stouts. Okay. Now they do like IPAs and stuff, but usually it's about like the stouts. But I think part of it's like, just because it's so hard to get to, mm-hmm. um, you know. I'm surprised their distribution is as wide as it is, considering where it's at. Well, this brewery likes to fuck with people, too. Like, <laughs> so they did, we were talking about a deal with the devil. They did, like, a triple barrel age version. So they aged it in, like, three different barrels. So it was, like, probably, like, took over three years in barrel aging. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's so dumb. And then uh, they announced on Instagram, like, the release of it. And like they're gonna, it's gonna cost. They're gonna sell it for a hundred dollars a bottle. And then they got all this like shit from it. All these people and the owner, I think his name's like Gabe Fletcher or something. Um, he's like, well, fuck you guys. We're not gonna sell it anymore. We're just gonna ship it all. We're gonna sell it to. I think they sent it to like Australia and somewhere else. (laughs) So then, like, they all bought it. Yeah. Yeah. So he just likes to fuck with people. Like Tyler was showing me today. Um, like this has the wax on top, right, Jeff? Yeah. Um, but on their Instagram, they have like the double wax version where it has the, they wax the bottom of it too. I thought it looked kind of cool, but apparently it was them just making fun of, you know, other beer brands. I'm pretty sure. And they waxed a can previously. (laughs) 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 I'm down with the waxing. Waxing is cool. It looks, it looks awesome. Wax anything. Not cans. Waxing cans is dumb. It just makes it a pain to open. I got mine open though. Well, huh. that's because I got the trusty whale shark opener. That's why it can't open so quick. <laughs> it pours pretty damn dark, too. You already it's, poured it, It looks too? like oil. Yeah, we yeah. Pour, I poured it. We poured it's it. Sing nothing. It's fucking sing nothing. Did you oh pour it yet? God, it was like oil. It is. It's oil. It's literally oil. They they bottled oil, and that's what we're going to be it drinking. It smells so good. Oh, my God. No, not yet, Mike. Not yet. Don't don't drink it oh, yet. Dude, I have the whole fucking bottle in oh. my glass. Let me take a quick, a quick pick. Okay. Okay. From my untapped. Oh my god! Stretch. You know, just right when you right when you open it, you could just immediately smell it. It's like an overwhelming smell. I'm surprised the head retention is pretty good with the the ABV. But the lacing, sh- what's the lacing like? Oof, the lacing's well, not so good. You're not going to get a lot of lacing with this high of alcohol in it, though. Okay, then what causes the lacing then? I think it's like the protein structure in the beer. Okay, especially when it's this high alcohol and it's been barrel aged. Um, the protein structure is not going to be super strong on it. Okay. And then I assume there's cool. like no carbonation. Um, well, I don't know. The head's holding up pretty well. So I don't think it's going to be like flat, but I wouldn't expect like. Coors light it. levels. Yeah. Coors light. Not the champagne of beer. <laughs> we should have some MGD. Have you guys ever had the um, Woodford Reserve whiskey? Like no. The bourbon? No, have not. I don't know if that's like. Good bourbon. I think it's kind of cheap bourbon. I'm not sure. I would have. I have no idea. I'm ready to go, guys. <laughs> so right. am I. All right, here we go. Cheers. Oh god. 
Whoa. Whoa. That's a thick daddy. Damn, son. Where'd you get that one? That one's like, it's very, very sweet. The initial part of it is very, very sweet. Almost to the point where it's like sour. Like a, oh man, but then it like dries out pretty quick. That's really like all I'm getting is just sweetness from this. Yeah, it's really sweet. It is very sweet. Wow. I didn't know sour, uh, not sour. I didn't know um, stouts could be this sweet. Woo. So wait, so what, is it just the color that makes it a stout? Well, this is a, a blend. It's half, well, I know, yeah, it's a blend, but. It's half barley wine, half. This is an half American stout. strong stout. ale. Like like the uh, <laughs> arrogant bastard strong ale from Stone. I was reading, I, I don't know if like you know anything about this, Mike, but like the American strong ale. Mm-hmm. How I read an article or a story that it was it was kind of created by Stone when they were making a beer and they they fucked something up and something went wrong, but they kept that beer that they fucked up and that beer eventually became Arrogant Bastard. Yeah. I don't I don't know anything. I haven't heard that story, but it's kind of a cool. I story, believe though. it. Yeah, it was, I would believe it. Was it was from BeerConnoisseur.com. Yeah. I don't know if I would say this is American Strong Ale though. What would you call it then? I uh, I don't know. Just like a barrel age. Stout. It's real. I can't believe how sweet just a, it is. I guess just a barrel aged ale because it's half barley wine yeah. and half Belgian imperial stout. Oh, Tyler's making Ryan faces over here. Man, that is rich. <laughs> that is really rich. I'll, Ooh, I'll tell you one really thing. Rich. I'm not giving this a 4.5 on untapped. Uh, no, I am not either. Oh, no. I did read um, on uh, Beer Advocate somebody somebody named Maximum 12. In November 2019, he wrote he wrote wrote quite a review. Gave it a five out of five. I think we did this. I wrote down this one of these reviews too, and and I hope that we wrote down the same one. I think it might be. So he wrote, uh, "The stout won the pour. Onyx black with no hint of barley wine. The nose mimics a glass of bourbon that's been sprinkled liberally with brown sugar. No complaints. Endless ending should be a description rather than a name." Bourbon drapes itself over the senses and won't let go. Right away, mid-palate and the finish are all layered in bourbon. Underneath the bourbon riot is a chocolate cake, caramel cake, enough brown sugar to cause an overdose, molasses, and white pepper that slides into sweet, sweet vanilla on completion. Wow. No booze in the taste, just in the reasoning and balance centers. There's a lot of stairs between me and bed. 37, 375 milliliters... Give me a trough and a towel, please. <laughs> I'd lap this up until I drowned in it. Feeble mortal words are not up to the task of describing this hybrid. I am now 7 out of 2,940 in identifying the few perfect inhumanly marvelous beers in the world in a quest that spanned over a decade. Perfect. Just perfect. That's a great review right there. Yeah, that's that what was, I wrote down, too. Okay. This is like... <laughs> What is wrong with this guy? What a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> wow. His his description of it. The all the cakes. Chocolate cake, caramel cake. And enough sugar I mean, to I overdose. Do, I do get all of those though. <clears throat> I get That's more just of like, like a, the sweetness. I get with more it. of like a cherry or like a berry sweetness to it. Not mm. I wouldn't even say cake. The the chocolate comes after like after the initial sweetness. It's a little um like kinda like dried fruity, you know? Yeah. That could probably from like the barley wine, but like you're asking what makes like a stout a stout. Yeah. It's just like really like the the grain bill. Like they'll use like darker malts, roasted malts, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So it's not necessarily the thickness of it. No. Okay. Well, the thickness comes from. So each beer has a a starting gravity and a finishing gravity, mm-hmm. and that's basically measures like the the um, sugar in the beer. Okay. So this one probably has like a well, obviously a super high starting gravity gravity but also a high uh finishing gravity too because so many it just has a lot of sugar yeah like residual sugar because if it ferments all the way like if it starts i don't know like at 10 and ferments all the way out it's going to be like it's going to be dry you know okay so if it's like it's weird that it does get that dryness at the end i think that's like kind of maybe like the from the barrels maybe like the like the wood character like the tannins and stuff coming through Hmm. okay all right, all right. It gets better with every sip. I will say that. Yeah. Because you're getting drunker with every sip. <laughs> I mean, it's a strong beer, but mind you, 
Mike and I are drinking. We're only drinking six ounces of it. So I guess it's the equivalent of drinking. Uh, it's like maybe two like beers. A beer and a half. Or like a beer and a half. Yeah. I'd say like a like a Bud, a Budweiser. That's couple buddies. Equivalent. It's couple just like buddies. having a glass of wine. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. <clears throat> so it's not as crazy as people say it is. Because wine is like 13 to 16 percent. Yeah. So people who get all dramatic about, you know, high, high alcohol beer, they're just out of their mind. What do you think well, of the label art, Jeff? Oh, I just threw the can away. Oh, no, I like it. The two, the two like ram heads kind of, but they're, but you can see like the, the skulls. Yeah. I think it's yeah, cool. I like the artwork a lot yeah. too. All their artwork's pretty cool. Yeah. Mike has a, a triple IPA from them as well. Oh, wow. And it has some pretty cool artwork. Yeah. It's like, but the triple IPA is 10%. Fuck. God damn. They love the booze. Clearly, it's Saturday, baby. These are Saturday sippers. It is Saturday sippers. So, what do we got for our backies? So, I have Amalgamator by Beechwood. What is that? It's IPA. Oh, it's an IPA. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? What do you got? I have Corona Light. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got a Heine. So, um, so we're I'm, going a little. We're not going as crazy as you, Mike. I might have to switch it up depending on how I feel after this. <laughs> maybe I'll go a little lighter. Yeah, maybe. I uh, maybe you should because it's yeah. This is. Yeah. I got uh the other day. I bought a uh, four pack of Pilsners, Jeff, but they're uh, hazy Pilsners because I knew Tyler's a haze boy. I didn't really like it. You didn't like it though. I had it last night. It, that sounds he, so bizarre. I know. Well, I had a hoppy Pilsner a couple weeks ago at Brewery X, and it was not good. It was not good at all. It, it tastes like a like a session IPA. Session IPA. And I don't like session IPAs. They're too metallic tasting. Yeah. Well, now session IPA is like old news. Now it's oh. all those uh, low calorie IPAs, which oh is God. essentially the, same thing. the session IPA. So dumb. Like we got that 96 calorie one. Yeah, that wasn't very good from yeah. Firestone. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't good. All right. So what are we going to rate this, uh, some might say, perfect beer? Out of our three-point rating system. So if you don't know, three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink. One's a bad beer, but it's good to try once. And zero is a trash fire. So what do we got? You want me to go first? Go for it. Go for it, Mike. I'm going to go with 2.5. That's higher than I thought you'd give it. Yeah, that's higher than I thought. Okay. Yeah. What's the reasoning? Um, I think, well, I really like like, the bourbon character on it. I do like the... The sweetness of it too, mm-hmm. also the thickness. I like my beers thick, with three C's, <laughs> and I really just like. I feel it's like super bourbony. Oh, it is and definitely. I love bourbon, whiskey. Okay, fair enough. Scotch, what about you, Scotch, Jeff? Scotch. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do two two five two point two five. Oh, okay. So you would have this one again, yeah. If it was presented to you. How many bottles did you buy, Jeff? Just one. Oh, poor man. How much you buy? Two. You crazy. Did you really buy two of them? Yeah. Oh my Fucking God, $70 wild, for two beers, bro. <laughs> the other is in my cellar. Uh, cabinet aging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 225 so, just because this is really expensive. So even though our, 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 our rating scale makes room for would you buy this again? Would you drink this again? I would. But realistically, if I was at a bar and they're like, oh, yeah, do you want a glass of this beer? It's fucking $27. I'd, I'd probably pass. Do you think the price on it has anything to do with your rating? Like, do you subconsciously want to like it more than you normally would? Because of the price? Yeah. Uh, no, the price, I mean, I bought it to begin with. So the price is no difference. Mm-hmm. It's just with, with our rating scale, if we if you take out price completely and this beer was like free and I could get it for free whenever I wanted, I'd probably maybe go up to a 2.5. But realistically, I got to give it a 225 because it's expensive. Okay. Are you disappointed with the purchase? No. All right. No. <laughs> no. Well, I give this one... I, I have to give it two ratings because I'm not a Stoutman. Um, a Stoutman. So my, my own personal thing, I'd probably give it like a 1.25 just because I don't like Stouts, and it's it's overly sweet. Okay. If it was mm-hmm. less sweet, I'd like it more. So your rating's 1.25. Uh, All right, let's go. 1.25. But, but being more objective, I'd say give it a solid two. All right. I mean, just because it's... I'm For people who like Stouts, I could see them really liking it. And has a lot of like characters and taste to it, so yeah. But for me, it's a one point two five for sure. So just for like sure. as a as a story to go along with that, an anecdote to go along with that, we went out and Sloan found a beer that he really liked, but he gave it like a pretty low rating. And I was like, "Why'd you give it so low? Like, I thought you liked it." He's like, "Yeah, I did." He's like, "But I just I thought it deserved this." I said, "Okay." I said, "Just so you know, like, what if that brewery just opened up, 
and then you gave them a low rating and then on untapped it kind of like fucked up their algorithm and now nobody wants to go to that brewery because of the low rating you gave it and they go out of business <laughs> and so of course Sloan's like freaking out and he's going back in there trying to like adjust <laughs> his rating I was like dude I'm just kidding like don't worry about it don't worry about it like rate it what you feel but then that on 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 Malt Couture like as I'm catching up still slowly they talk about how you should try and rate things objectively but on untapped I strictly rate how I like the beer regardless of if it's like a well-brewed beer or whatever it is because the, my reason for it is if I go to a bar or if I go to any place that has beer and I say oh I wonder if I've had that before I look at my untapped I say oh I rated it really low I didn't like it I'm gonna pass yeah yeah that's good well that's good like sometimes like if I know I'm drinking or trying like a style of beer that I ne- I know I don't like that style and I check it in on Untap. Sometimes I I just check it in. And I don't rate it. Oh, you can. Well, I didn't know you can check things in without rating it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that either. I thought I just assumed it would give you like a zero rating. No, but like then again, sometimes you just got to keep trying the beer because I don't know if you guys remember. I used to hate stouts. Did you? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Like I couldn't stand them, and then I don't know. My palate just developed, and I'm super taster level two, and <laughs> you'll get to level four sometime. Eventually, you'll you'll catch up to. Well, me. you're still at level one. So. No, I'm at level four. Tyler's not even level. ranked. He's, he's yeah. still I'm the master. Dude, you're I, like you're playing triple A, bro. Not even. You're <laughs> yeah, you're minor league. Yeah, get out of no, here. No, I'm I'm a master super taster. I'm higher than I'm like the highest point of a level four that you can get. Well, I'm at level five now. No, yeah, no, clearly no you, you didn't even know there was a level five. So clearly, you're I not did even level four because I I create the levels and I know that there's no level five. Debatable. All right. Well, <clears throat> we ready to move on? Should we talk about some beer some more? What do you, what do we what do we want to do? It's up to you. No restrictions. No restrictions, baby. Whatever you want to do. It's a good point. It's a good point. Well, let's move on to our songs of the week. Um, who wants to go first? Okay, cool. I guess I'll go first because nobody jumped in there. Dude, you uh, like Tyler? You went to high school, right? <laughs> Whenever the fucking teacher asks, like, "Hey, who wants to read first? Who raised their nobody hands? Raised- nobody." Nobody. Yeah, so you didn't nervous. learn your so lessons in high school. So, like, why do you still, add, why do okay, you still then it, ask for volunteers? Then it's teacher's now? pick. Then it's teacher's pick. It's teacher's pick. Mike, you go first. I'll go no. first. I oh got to go God. to the bathroom. <laughs> do you really have to go to the bathroom? No. Oh, fucking. I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> you both are idiots. No, you go first, Tyler. No, it's teacher's pick. You go first. All right. <laughs> okay, what do you got? I got to pull my document. Okay, well, you, your song is. Uh, called sleepwalking Sleepwalkin'. yeah sleepwalking by uh the better oblivion community center so it's uh two-person duo with connor oberst oh that's why that makes sense and some other girl phoebe bridges phoebe bridges <laughs> yes yeah I, when i heard it, I, I thought oh wow that sounds a lot yeah. like Friday. it's kind of it's kind of nice yeah. i don't know if you guys uh there's a website pace magazine um like they do they do like a lot of like um like beer stuff too, but they also do music. Like they took over, I think they bought out Day Trotter. Um, so now they own them and they did like their whole like rankings for like 2019, like best indie albums. Um, and this was like number like 20 or something like that. Okay. So I was like, did you out. find out about it because of the list or yeah, was it from the list? Okay. Yeah. I try to listen to every uh, record on there that I didn't oh, recognize. Well, if you listen to our podcast consistently, we talked about this last year. That's fine. It's not a big deal. Did we talk about it last year? We did. Oh, well, obviously Tyler doesn't listen because he had that's no right. idea. Well, he doesn't. I mean, not like he like go, uh, listens to Bright Eyes probably on on a weekly basis or anything. So I, that's that's okay. Yeah, I don't. But here's uh, here's the song "Sleepwalking" by uh, Better Oblivion Community Center. Thank you. 
Great fade. Oh, this is like one of the best fades ever. Oh, yeah, that song is called Sleepwalking by Better Oblivion Community Center featuring Connor Oberst. What um, do you guys think? Fridays. Well, you know I liked it, of course. Oh, it's, it's great. A fantastic <laughs> song. So good. It's good. It's a good, it's, it's a good song. Yeah. It's like classic Bright Eyes, but then it's got Phoebe uh, Bridges. Bridges. Where, who, what is she from? What other band? She has her own like solo project, I think. But she's no like she was never in like a, a band of any sort. I don't think so. Was, okay, I don't think so either. I, I'm I like sure she's too. been in a band, but nothing that we know or recognize yeah. immediately. Yeah. And then when I listened to it, I, I listened to the whole album. I was like, this would be a good fit for the Elliott Smith that we're doing later. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I think we all kind of based our our picks around Elliott Smith a little bit. Well, me and, and the vibe. me and Jeff really did, but the vibe. Well, mine directly little. ties into Elliott Smith. True. Well, don't you feel all special, huh? Yeah, that's okay, though. So what do you got? What, what, what do you bring to the table, Jeff? Oh, you want to do me next? Okay. That's yeah, let's do you next. <laughs> uh, I picked Kevin Devine. Was he in a KD. band? Well, he, wasn't he like in Nut Chiodos? Or like, wasn't he in some band? He's in Bad Books. Yeah, with uh, the know. dude from Man, Man- Manchester. Or- Man- Manchester. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Manchester Orchestra. Um, well, he has his own thing. Like, Kev- Well, he does Kevin Devine, then he does... Um, like Kevin Devine and the Goddamn Band, like his full band. Okay, so he normally just plays acoustic by himself. I think he started that way. I think now he does like full bands. Yeah, okay. yeah. He, well, he was in a band called Miracle of '86. Like, I've never listened to them prior to him doing his solo stuff, and then like two or three albums deep. I think this was his first album. From the the song that I'll, I'll pick up was the first album that he he was on his own completely. And so I'm um, sure you'd love that. Oh, I'm surprised. When I saw Kevin Devine and then I saw the song, I was surprised he went so far back. Oh, dude. This is like my favorite yeah. Kevin Devine song. <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a bold statement. This is the oh, best he's it's done? It's so good. This, this is the best this, he's this, done? So, like, this album is called Split the Country, Split the Street. I mean, for what it's worth, it, it wasn't like, it's not hailed as, like, his best album or anything. It is notable. It features Jesse Lacey on, on several tracks. Ooh, the pedophile. Who dat? The singer from Brand New. Oh, he's a pedophile? Yeah. You don't remember hearing was about it, this? Like, was he no. ever convicted or anything? Did we follow up on that? No, he wasn't He wasn't convicted. He just, he had ac- accus- a bunch of accusations of Did like, he apologize or did he kind of overstate it? Connor did too, huh? Connor what? just like kind of brushed it off. Brushed it off, oh. yeah. And then well, come like, to find out, I think that was that was all unsubstantiated. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was, uh, that one ended up being completely for it, false. That's almost like admitting guilt. Yeah, oh. exactly. Almost. And he, that's what Jesse Lacey did. But yeah, when you apologize for that, then it's like you almost admit guilt. So that's kind of what Jesse Lacey did. But whatever, that's beside the point. But yeah, this this song, Alabama Acres, is from that album. But this album is a fucking banger. Dude, there's so many bangers. It's a banger. After Party, Your Damn Old Dad. I mean, these are just some of the songs, Tyler, that will melt your brain. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say melt my melt brain. Melt your that's brain. A little, it's a little, a little extreme. So here's, uh, here's Alabama Acres by Kevin Devine. Or is it Devine? Devine. Devine. <laughs> Tyler, you're so pithy. Apartment 
stack of mattresses up now to the ceiling and down from the floor. Father's sick in the hallway. I hear him whistling under the door. I rush to lift him, but you all know I'm weak, and you know that he's heavy. There's no blood in his cheeks, but he's smiling straight at me. I asked the thickest of the workers, would you please come and help me? That's some good wine in right there. I love yeah, that, that that bright eyes style shake right in the voice. <laughs> yeah, it's like the a shake. perfect That's style. Yeah. yeah, it's like he, they're trying to do like a vibrato, but it's more of just a shake because they don't know what they're doing. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I see. Back up. I almost think that was like a put down, and I, I think you should backtrack on that because. <laughs> oh, that was uh, absolutely a yeah, put down, but yeah. a good put down. But, but you but did a it good quick. Put down. You did it quick, and 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 I need to I need to address it, okay? Because I can already feel the booze working a little bit here. <laughs> and Jeff I mean, did say I mean, he's spicy today. I haven't eaten today. <laughs> You know, I've Why been out all morning me? because I've been fucking busy. I got oh Kelly McDonald. I hate McDonald's. It's disgusting. You can't stop and get something for yourself. I was gonna eat cheeses here, but of course, fucking Sloan ate all the toasties, so I can't even have toasties. Oh my god! Well, Mike and I had a hearty breakfast. Yeah, yeah we prepared have. it. That's burger. Mike had some pancakes with some eggs and bacon, and I had a breakfast burrito. I like Esperanza so. burger now. I do too. It's tasty stuff. I, I I boycotted that place for years, but I like it now. What was the reason again? Uh, because the guy was a dick, but that was back in <laughs> high school. But then I tried yeah. it again years later when we lived at the condo and the girl, I specifically asked her if they put any sauce or thousand Island on their burgers. And she said, no. And then, and she, then they did. And then there was mayonnaise on it. And so <laughs> I then, love mayonnaise. And love so it. then I like, I opened it, I saw the mayonnaise and I closed my burger and I, I was by myself and I just walked up and I put the tray on the counter and I just walked out. <laughs> after you paid for it? After I paid for it. I, I was so <laughs> mad. Like when I see sauce <laughs> on my on my burgers and stuff, I get so irritated that I get like this rage and I just I can't see or think you know, like anything. That's, That's why when I get like in and out, I throw the burgers in the trash if there's fucking spread on it. <laughs> Instead of offering it to my friends, I just throw it in the trash. Or taking it back? Well, I'm not gonna go all the way back to In and Out. This is if I take it home. Oh, okay, okay. But anyway, oh yeah, God. going back to to your the, he he's not trying to do like a vibrato. This is like his style. That's that was. That was Connor's style. Like you can hear it best in uh, the song called "The Perfect Sonnet" by Bright Eyes. You can hear that that weird like vocal thing. Shink. I don't want to call it a, a vibrato because he's not trying to do that. But this song I like a lot because it reminds me of that format song on your porch or on the porch. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where it's kind of it's almost like sad and it's just kind of like strumming along the whole time. But I think he's I think Kevin Devine's a really fantastic guitar player. And he can kind of blend like a little bit of country into his like indie folk rock style. He's, yeah. He's very diverse too. Yes. Like one of my favorite songs by Kevin Devine is off one of, it's not, I guess it's not new anymore, but um, it's uh, Fever Moon, I think. It's like kind of like jazzy and like his vocals is like totally different on it. Hmm. That really, sounds it's more really interesting. Good. You should play it. Do you know what album it's on? Brothers Blood, I think. Oof, that's like everything. fucking two thousand. That that wasn't even two thousand ten. Was, was over ten years ago. Yeah, that's that's like recent, man. <laughs> Is true. that ten years ago? Is recent? Yeah. What's the name of this? Oh. Fever Moon. He, he, I think that's like in the middle of his discography too. Yeah. Have you listened to all his stuff, Jeff? Or I've only listened to up until Put Your Ghost to Rest. He puts out a ton of music. Yeah. Well, he also put out that that Nirvana cover album too. An entire. Oh, album. I remember us talking about that. Yeah. Put that on, yeah, they just put that on Spotify right now. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. Last like is it, last year. Is it all acoustic? I don't remember. The Nirvana one? Yeah. No. That's his, that's a, what the that's what the goddamn band like oh, full okay, band. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, here's a uh, here's the Fever Moon song. Your lava lips pour forth from branding iron eyes. 
So much range. That was really good. Right? That was very good. That's baby making music. Right that was there. way better than than Jeff's pick. You're crazy, oh. Tyler. That was really good. The, those those two songs that weren't even that much different. They were very different. <laughs> no, the whole vibe and style of it were different. Crazy. Well, like like you said in your pick, you said that was like more like country based than the guitar, and this is not country no, based no, no, at all. Very very subtle country. And no, just, it was just like there. How, just like how this was very very subtle jazz. It's still True. Th- different. I mean, jazz and country are wildly different styles of music. You only like this one because there was, there was like instruments what? involved besides just acoustic guitars. I did like the horns a it, lot. It was the closest you can get or the to chugging woodwinds. Have you ever heard a guitar by itself? Have I ever heard a guitar? Yeah, by itself? it does nothing. For Not me. for me. It's terrible. Not for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all dummies. <laughs> but my uh, tie-in with Elliot Smith specifically was uh, Kevin Devine's fourth album was produced by Rob Schnapp. Oh, who did the figure eight? Figure eight, yeah. Okay. okay. I had that on one of my notes, Jeff. That was oh, sorry. <laughs> well, let's get into my pick, the best pick. Debatable. Uh, I went with Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, I went with their song, This Charming Man, which is actually, I didn't know until this week, is a cover, is a Morrissey cover. Uh, and it's far better than the Morrissey version, I, I would say. And uh, yeah, this came, this song, I discovered it through my Spotify Discover Weekly. It was on my, my list. I was blown away how good it was. It's great. It's amazing. It's an oldie too. It's like this is before the first record, so it's actually a Smith song, not just Morrissey. Oh, Smith, whatever. It's the same thing. It's not the same thing. Morrissey, yeah. (laughs) Whatever. This charming man by uh, Ben Gibbard. right there that was good that's a really good really good cover right jeff i had a i had a really long train of thought when i first heard this at first i was i was i was like dude this song is really fucking good and then i was like wait a second this sounds it sounds super familiar and then i figured out what song it sounded like and then i realized Mm -hmm. it was a cover but the song that i think it sounded like is not a cover but if you want to play Alive with the glory of love by say anything and start at the fifteen oh. second mark. It's the fucking same strumming pattern and kind of, it sounds it's almost exactly the same. <clears throat> oh, it is. You're right. But alive, wow, with, alive with the glory of love up. is not a cover. That's like their thing. But yeah, it's, it's the exact same thing. You're right. What what album is that say anything on? I think that's from uh, Is a Real Boy or Was a Real Boy. Oh, fuck it. It's not loading. Well, I'll, I'll play it in a second, but. But this is yeah. This was a damn good song. Yeah, that, it's really good. One of my and favorite it, it, Death Cab songs now. I, I have, it's in my top five for sure. Yeah. But oh, here's the um, here's the song Jeff was just talking about. Live with the glory of love. It'll, 
The Riffy's talking about it's coming up. 15 seconds. Max Bemis is a hack. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if like he straight ripped it off or if that was like inspired. I couldn't find anything or any my quick Google search. I couldn't find anything that he said this was inspired by the by the Smith Smith, Smith song. Smith Smith Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but that's identical, right? It, it is. I, I can't believe Morrissey hasn't sued him. <laughs> that's Morrissey's true. A it's a Smith. But well, but Morrissey. Well, Morrissey and what's what's the, the guitarist's name? Johnny something. Johnny. Johnny Mars or something? Johnny Mars. Is it Johnny Mars? Yeah. Well, I mean, they write all the music, mm-hmm. so they'd be the ones suing. But Morrissey is a dick, so as we all know. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if he ever did sue Max Beavis. Anyway, yeah, that the Death Cab song, great, fantastic Pretty good. Song. PG. Very good, actually. Not, not just pretty good. It's, it's very good. Do you have any other right. better Death Cab songs, Mike? Do you like Death yeah, Cab? I, I do like Death Cab. Um... No. I mean, I really exactly. like. I like like the popular stuff. Like, I like Passenger Seat. Yeah. Um, okay. What's what are your top one? three Death Cab, Death Cab songs? Go. I would say Passenger Seat. We look like giants. Oh, that's my number one. Oh, <laughs> baby. Um, number three. Do you know what song people always shit on by them, but I think is like a perfect song? What? Is Don't I will plans. possess your heart. Oh, okay. Oh, the the lead into that song is yeah, awesome. Yeah, like the first four minutes is just a build up into it. I love it. I think it's a perfect song. It's great. But anyway, sorry, your third one. I can't think of the title um, for the third one. Sing it. We'll, we'll think of it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of it. It's it's a like they talk about like the stitching in her dress or something. I don't know. I like the stitching in her dress like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was my stuff. Like senses failed, but halfway through, I I, sh- I realized I should have done that. What are your top three, Jeff? Uh, number one is "We Look Like Giants." Number two is "I Will Follow You Into the Dark," and number three is now this song. There you go. Great, perfect stuff. Yeah, I want to say it's like the lightness or the. I don't know. The, it's not the New Year. That's the one I'm thinking of. But <clears throat> Tyler, what do you have? Three. I do, and I'm trying to think of the uh, fuck, man. The name of it. It's, it's like a, a demo to one of their songs. I'm trying to remember right now. Well, no, my number one is I'll, I will possess your heart, and then I think what is it, Mockingbird? What is the one off that EP? Fuck. I have to go look right now. It's gonna bug the shit out of me if I don't. But I think uh, I think Transatlanticism is a fantastic album, and even coming back to it years later. I still think it's really good. And that song, The Sound of Settling, it's still just, like, it blows my mind every time I hear it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so it's Talking Bird. It's, the dem- it's their demo for Talking Bird. It's like this acoustic mandolin version, so it's really stripped down, and it's really good. So that's my number two, and then number three is this, this new one that we, that we all just discovered. So Nice. Yeah. Great I stuff. Did, I already put it on a playlist. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Nice, 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 nice. Okay, let's move on to uh, our songs of the week. Do we want to play any of these songs? Nah. Nah. Do you want to play any of them? Nah. Nah? Okay. Well, new album release, or an EP, I should say. Uh, it's a collaboration uh, with Turnstile and somebody named, or a band or group named Mail Grab. It's called Share of You. It's, um, they're all Turnstile songs, but they're, they're made into like these electronic versions and it's actually pretty cool it was much better than i thought so go check it out yeah it was fantastic right it was it was pretty cool not what i expected at all i didn't listen to that one that's pretty cool it's only three songs like i i can see why you don't listen to it right (laughs) uh the uh the ex-guitarist phil demel from uh machine head uh and brandon shapati for the singer from bleeding through and a couple other guys they got together put a song together called Mm. the permanent decay it's okay I didn't listen to it either. It, it's okay. It, it's just, it's really poorly mixed. And when did you add these shit. to the? I added the first like three like two three days ago, and then the new regime one I added today. All right, all right. But uh, so yeah, that that one it's just it's whatever. It's I don't even think you'd really like it. No, like, also check that out. Yeah. Did you listen to it, Jeff? Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was 
I don't know. It just sounded like everything else I would expect from that dude to make. Bren, Brendan. Is it Brendan or Brandon? Brand, I misspelled it. Yeah. Brandon. 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 It's not Brendan like in Step Brothers? No, it's no. not. <laughs> Brandon. Um, yeah, it's, what it, it's whatever's. Uh, Mike's favorite band, Silverstein. They put out a new <laughs> song with Aaron Gillespie. Oh. From uh, Under Oath called Infinite. I did listen listen to this. Did you like it? No. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Aaron Gillespie's like, well, this Under Oath album we just made was really cool. Let's make it sound like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. And yeah, it, it does, was not cool. No, it was not at all. Yeah. And then in the video, they couldn't get Aaron Gillespie into the video. So they took like video of him and put it like on a fake TV. Why? Because he's too chubby? Well, I, I just Dang. don't think he was there. No, I just don't think he was there he to, chubby? to film the video. I think he's chubby now, yeah. I watched yeah. like the making of the... Um, their last album, he's pretty chubby. Really? Yeah, he still takes takes his shirt off though when he plays the drums. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. an ugly man. Like, his he's he is an, pretty ugly. He has an ugly face. He's almost <gasps> cute. No, you not get it? Normal. The almost. Yeah. Oh, look at you go. There we go. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne <clears throat> put out a new song. This one features Elton John. It's called "Ordinary Man," and uh, it's pretty boring. It is it's, boring. It's not. It's just not good. It sounded like the same thing the whole time. Yeah. It has. N- there's nothing there. I, I like the the last song he put out, the new one, like Into the Graveyard or something. With Post Malone? Nah. No, not, not that one sucks. Uh, no, he, he did one. <laughs> it's, just, it's just Ozzy. And that one was good, but yeah, this, this blows. Do you guys right, remember Jeff? like all the posts people were, were posting about that Post Malone song? And, and I don't know if they even real or not, because who knows with the fucking internet anymore. But people were saying, oh, look at how cool Post Malone is giving this old guy like a second chance. (laughs) (laughs) I remember people doing the same thing when uh, Paul McCartney performed with Kanye. Do you remember that? Like the Grammys. (laughs) Oh, I love our youth. They're the best. Uh, We're awful. But yeah, you didn't like this, right, Jeff? No. Yeah, you're not much of an Aussie man. He's He's like the worst part of Black Sabbath, for sure. Yeah, he is. But he's still great, you know? No. I mean, who he's up against in, in Black Sabbath, it's hard to, to be better than that. He, he's okay at best. He's just there because it, nobody's going to listen to a band that's just instrumental. <laughs> Mike, it's spilling over. Mike just poured a beer and it's spilling out all over. It's going to get all over his notes. I know. I see his fucking uh, stupid slow pour. Is that a slow pour or you just fucked that up? Oh, that's a slow pour, baby. So I started you? pouring in it uh, when we started recording. What is this? It's a... Um, <laughs> This is a modern times. Mike is drinking a modern times. It's called that, Star Jungle. That's the hazy pilsner. The hazy pilsner, yeah. Uh, hapy. Yep. What? A hapy. A hazy pilsner. Oh, it does say on the side that this beer is vegan. So for yes. all you you vegan heads out there, aren't all um, beers vegan? Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. Um, <clears throat> the last new song is from uh, the New Regime. If you're unfamiliar who this band is, uh, it's the drummer from. Nine Inch Nails and Angels and Airwaves. Uh, he's like a like a crazy musician. He can play everything, and this is his his side band. And um, it's Should actually not a bad song. I, he might, who knows? Mm-hmm. But yeah, he put out, they put out a new song called Heart, Mind, Body, and Soul. Uh, I think you should. Everybody should go check it out. It, it's a solid like kind of rock song. Can you play this one, Tyler? Do you want me to play it? Yeah. Okay. Why did you like it? I didn't listen to it. I was playing it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing it while we were setting up. But anyway, here's uh, here's the song I just mentioned. It's called Heart, Mind, Body, and Soul by the New Regime. Keep us a win through the drama sin. You know we cannot make any exceptions. Roll over you on the way to the top of the star. Can he hear petty objections? Oh, oh, oh,
That's the new regime in their song Heart, Mind, Body, and Soul. Pretty good. I I think it's it's pretty solid stuff, right, Jeff? Yeah, it was it was good. Um, it was just like good, kind of like rock and roll, but a little bit softer. Yeah, exactly. But it was good, and it it's a huge departure from what he does with Nine Inch Nails and Angels and Airwaves too, which is kind of cool. Like he he really did something different, and I like that. It's good stuff. And I saw them; they opened up for Angels and Airwaves um, <clears throat> when I saw them a couple months ago. So that was kind of cool. He sang and played guitar. Dope, 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 <clears throat> dope, dope. Yeah, cool stuff, man. Cool, cool, cool stuff. Um, let's move on to some uh, music news and other happenings. Uh, we'll start it out first with this. It's sad news, but it's, uh, I don't know, it should be talked about. Neil Peart, the uh, drummer from Rush, passed away just yesterday. At the age of 67, he died of uh, brain cancer. So, <clears throat> fuck, man. That I mean, he is he is not even arguably he is one of the best, if not the best drummer. He's for sure time. in the top three contention. I'd say one or two. Like the only person that's probably you can argue maybe is better is like Buddy Rich. What makes him so good? I never listened to Rush. Well, he he kind of his whole dynamic because he had such a huge drum set. He was able to utilize everything, but in such a way that it didn't sound overplayed or over complicated or super technical. He was able to just play things really well. And he's he's easily one of the most influential drummers of all time. Like if you talk to any drummer, they're gonna say, "Oh, Neil Peart for sure," because I mean he he did everything. He could do anything on his kit. Could you do double bass? Yeah, you sure did everything, man. Better than everybody. But now he he was he's an amazing drummer, and I didn't know this until yesterday. But he wrote all the lyrics for Rush too. Yeah, you know he's also a fantastic songwriter. I had no idea he wrote the, any lyrics until yesterday when everybody was talking about it. I just thought he did the drums and that was it. Who's, the, a better, who's a better drummer, this guy or Aaron Gillespie? Aaron Gillespie, I mean, for sure. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> because Aaron Gillespie also plays guitar and sings. And, and a, sings, yeah. cool rock that's, band, yeah. okay? That's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Underworld really are way better than but, Rush. But. So, so, like, he also, Neil did, he also, like, some of the stuff I read about him this week... He used to also, if he broke the tips of his sticks, he used to use the butt end, like the fat end of the sticks. Yeah. He'd just flip it around? Yeah. yeah. And then it became He's like so a cool. thing where he liked that sound because he could hit things harder. Oh. And so he just kept doing it. And like how the common is shots, it to break the tips? Uh, it, happens, it can be pretty common. It happens common. a lot, depending on how hard you hit the sticks, but it happens yeah. a lot. I'm sure Tyler fucking goes through like the stick a day. <laughs> no, he's, he's got the drum mutes. I got the drum mutes, so they're not as. It's even worse, but they're probably like thick, thick rubber. Then you're probably breaking them constantly. Yeah. No, they're not rubber. They're like this weird foam. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the a, point it's is, a you hit the drum thing, so yeah. goddamn hard, and the the tips are really thin. They're they're super thin, and they like they they go down super thin, and then they they expand a little bit for the tip of it. So it's like really easy to to mm. knock the tips off, but. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, a lot of drummers nowadays, they have, like, signature sticks where they're just, like, a solid block of wood. And some drummers don't like it because it, it sometimes it, it tends to to lead to, like, uh, arthritis really bad in your wrist because the, Cause the sticks are heavier. Yeah. So a lot of drummers don't like them. But there are a few that, that use them well. So. Damn, just imagine getting arthritis from playing the drums. Like, you have to play so much drums. I know, right? Crazy. Oh, man, Neil, Neil Purr was, was truly a gem. Like, he was... And it wasn't just like the drums that he played in his setup. Like he would, he would incorporate like wind chimes and yeah, he did a lot of just shit. like fucking electronics I've never even too. Seen before like things I don't even know what they are. Yeah, I know weird percussion instruments. And what was cool too, his drum kit circled him, so he had no way of getting out of his kit. Like like there was full three sixty, three sixty yeah. drums all around him, so he could spin around in his seat and just keep playing all Oof. the way around. Like he was, his kit was insane. And he was one of the first ones to to build such a, a large kit. And then people like Frank Zappa, of course, created an even bigger kit. But no, Neil Peart was the was a true visionary and pioneer when it came to drumming. And I, it's it's crazy that he died. And you know, he hit it. He hid the cancer from everybody. From you didn't like, know he was sick. Nobody knew until they until he died yesterday. Yeah. I'm sure like close family and friends yeah. knew, but the public didn't know until yesterday when mm. he died. But and I'm glad I got to see him. They I went to their farewell show. So I'd always wanted to see them growing up, but glad I finally did. I, I've so. never really liked Rush, and I still don't particularly like Rush, but mm. I like listening to either live stuff or on album of his solos because they're so long and they're really complex. He changes like the tempo, he changes the time signatures a lot, and there's a lot of things that he does on the drums where it's not just like uh, like straightforward showing off. Yeah, he actually builds the songs around it. 
around his drumming too, which, which is, is why hard. I, th- I think that he's like top three. But I'm also gonna put Bonham as my favorite still because Bonham does like the same thing, but just even more weird. But Bonham Bonham's kit was like a fraction of the size of Peart's. That's all he needed. Bonham could do I the mean, same true, thing yeah. with just like a pair of bongos. Oh, Bonham. No, it's no. Got him, it, Bonham. Bonham. Bonham was also amazing. But. He's my personal favorite. But, okay. But there's no no doubt in my mind that Neil's in like the top. You're right. Probably the top two. I'd say top two. Yeah. Maybe Buddy. Like I said, Buddy Richard might be number one, but Neil Peart is probably objectively the best drummer of all time. Yeah. I don't know who any of these guys are. That's right. You'll get that. John Bonham's the drummer for uh, Led Zeppelin. Okay. And then Betty Rich is just a famous uh, big band uh, drummer and conductor and stuff. Okay. But 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 all three are dead now, so doesn't really matter. Um, let's move on to something a little more upbeat and lighthearted. Green Day are putting out their new record next month in February. Uh, then they're looking for somebody like a fan's backyard to play in, or like a barn, or or a living room, or a basement, or something. And that's a pretty cool way to kind of market your Ooh. your new album coming out and. Should have him come to the castle and play. Dude, that'd be cool. Yeah. Have him play in this room right here? In the sunroom? Oh, in the sunroom? Yeah. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but then, <laughs> really Tyler, cool. uh, what? legit, what if what if they're only going to play things from, a, from fucking, what, what was it, American Radio? What was it called? Revolution, Revolution Radio? Revolution Radio. What if it was only Revolution Radio and newer? And their new they wouldn't stuff. do that. I mean, I, it would still That'd be still cool. That would be pretty cool. It would, would still, still be cool to have to come them. in your backyard? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Why nah, wouldn't I? I'm, I'm good. Nah. And then just to be able to hang out with the three of them or I'm four good. of them? I'm good. What nah, then? But dumb. then, what if they said they're only going to talk about things that they've learned from Revolution Radio and, and beyond? <laughs> That'd be so dumb. Well, you know what I what I do yes. like about Green Day still. I don't really care for a lot of their music anymore, but I do like that they um, they still play small shows. Like maybe like a month ago, they played in Long Beach at a little dive bar. I think Alex's bar. Mm-hmm. They did a surprise show. They just showed up and they played for over three hours. Ooh. I mean, that's a lot of music, especially when their music is three minutes. You know, each song is three minutes. That's a lot of songs. That have you ever been to Alex's bar? No, I haven't. It's super small. Yeah, it's very small. That, it, it's crazy. I mean, and I think that's really cool that a band as big as Green Day kind of do that just for fun. They filmed know? True Blood there. The really? HBO show. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Alex's Bar uh, was always like that one that I've, I've always wanted to go to but never did. Yeah, never did. A lot of good bands have played there, but I just never got around to it. Green Day used to play there a ton, too. They used it's to the one in Long time. Beach, right? Yeah, Long Beach. Yeah. All right. Um, record Store Day for any of you uh, vinyl dummies Final out heads. there mm. um yeah record store day is on april 18th so what a lot of bands do on that day they'll release special uh special songs or just songs for that day um so yeah get into that there's usually a lot of great deals on vinyl if you want to go go check it out so yeah that's april 18th 2020 for uh record store day bad religion they are releasing an autobiography on august 18th called do what you want the story of bad religion this is on the 40th anniversary of the band's inception and um, it might be cool. I like I like band biopics or band um, autobiographies. They're usually pretty interesting. Where are they releasing it? Just like a DVD or like? Oh, Blu- it's a book. Oh, book. Yeah, it's a book, and a I'm book. sure it'll be an audio book as well. Usually they okay. they release it as an audio book, but I I'm, I might read this one or listen to it at least on the audio book. Um, but I still want to get around to the fleas from Red Hot Chili Peppers. That one's supposed to be really really good. But that'd be um, an interesting one. Yeah, just like the No Effects one, oh, Hepatitis Bathtub. That's that was a, that was like. A wild ride. Like when, it, when did that come out? Like two years ago, three years ago. Is that the is audio that, book one? Yeah, it was. Well, yeah. they released a book, but then they they did the audio book, and every chapter was read by a different member of the band, like oh. telling their story uh, throughout the history of the band. And then like members who are no longer in the band, they had like guest people come in, like uh, Tommy Chong from Chee Chong read a chapter, Jello from Dead Kennedys read a chapter. So it was kind of cool. They the way they the way they they set up the audio book and stories are. What like, was the craziest story from there? Uh, there's so fucking many like the the drummer one time he was so strung out that he was like in mexico or something and he wanted to get to the other side of the river so he swam across the river and when he got to the other side they said what did you just like they asked him what he was did and he told them they're like that's like filled with alligators like it's infested <laughs> with alligators i like, cannot believe that you survived that and then fat mike talks about having to kill his mom essentially like he killed his mom well like she she was like dying she was on a uh, deathbed and she wanted him to inject drugs into her like to make her feel better and he was doing that by her because she wanted him to and it took her like a day and a half to die and he tells that whole story like it's some fucked up shit there's a lot of crazy stuff in that was this before or after like their whole like controversy uh, recently it was before before the yeah, one this had to have been like like beer? at least like three or four years ago because i listened to the audiobook 
when I took the trip to New Orleans. So that was three, four years ago. Yeah. No, it's 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 excellent. I highly re- recommend listening to the audiobook. It's like ten dollars on Audible. It's a good, and, but it's, it's a good listen. But it's, it's just very, full very of stories like you would like the. It's just like raunchy shit. Yeah, and it's it's stuff that like would never happen nowadays. Like it it, it kind of tells like the stories of San Francisco and LA back in the seventies and eighties when it was really like the wild west and like people got away with everything. This really, really interesting stuff. So get into that. Also get into the bad religion uh, book coming out in August. Um, Tom DeLong. Can't Tom go an episode DeLong. without talking about him. <laughs> my boy. He, uh, he actually signed over all of his rights to his music in blink and angels and airwaves to um, a company called hypnosis and um this is so weird it didn't disclose how much money he was paid for it but yeah it had to have been a lot of money because he has a he has a lot of music out there it's something like a hundred like 50 something songs or or no more than that has to be like over 200 so does this mean that he's no longer getting royalties from those (laughs) songs that's what I was trying it would to figure have to, out. Yeah, I don't understand I, that's, what this means. I what what I think it is. I think he sold the rights, so he might still get royalties, but he's unable to say what this company does with his music for like commercials or whatever. So he won't make money from the commercials, but I think he might still make money from the sale of the, the streams and stuff, or, the streams and the sales of the records. But I think this company has has the use of all of his music for anything else. So he he just has no say in what they do with his stuff. Exactly. Yeah. How bizarre. It, it is so weird. But then I looked it up and like a lot of big artists have done this. Like Gwen Stefani has done this with some of her songs. Beyonce has. Justin Timberlake. Like it's not, I guess it's not an uncommon thing. But he did his entire discography. He did everything. Yeah. Like, I don't so, know. It's, it seems so weird. It does. I mean, it had to have been a lot of money that he was given up front to, uh, to give up all of his rights. But so bizarre. I wonder if this is going to be, like I wonder if, if this is like a smart move by him. And then we'll see him rejoin Blink and then get those rights back anyway because now he's back as a part oh. of the Blink. I don't think he'd get his rights I don't think he'd get his rights back. But I think now he still has he, he still he, he would still have say in what they do with the Blink songs. It's just his portion was sold, but Blink still owns what sixty six percent of what happens to those songs. It's just you know well, I mean? think anything anything that's given to Tom, anything Blink related that's given to Tom, might go to this company. I don't know. See, I, and it was so hard to find any information on it. I, I dug deep, but couldn't find anything about what this company really does. It's weird. Hypnosis weird. has been around for a while, though. They've done a lot of a lot of things with a lot of big artists. Yeah, and then I read too, like the guy who who started it. He's like he was like a big time manager for a bunch of bands and artists back in the eighties, and so the guy knows the music business well. So. I don't know. It, it does seem very... The whole thing seems very strange. Yes, very bizarre. Uh, the last thing here before we get into our album of the week. Uh, Bonnaroo 2020 Music and Arts Festival announced the lineup. Uh, it's happening mid-June, the 12th through the 14th. Um, I, I don't forgot where Bonnaroo is. What city? It's in Tennessee. It's, it's in Manchester. Tennessee. Okay. So, yeah, Friday, uh, Tool, Miley Cyrus, and Bass Nectar are headlining. Uh, Saturday night, Lizzo, Flume, and Oysterhead. So fucking weird. Uh, and then Sunday, the headliners are Tame Impala, Lana Del Rey, and Vampire Weekend, along with a bunch of other bands each each day. So, I mean, better than Coachella, honestly. The lineup is way better than Coachella. Yeah, it's got Miley Cyrus. <coughs> Dude, exactly. and so like Saturday in Bonnaroo has Tenacious D. I would love to see them. Yeah. But it also has Nelly performing Country Grammar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's really strange. I don't know yeah. if I love that or hate that. It's just, it's I'm, I hate it more than. <laughs> but Oysterhead would be really cool. Um, that would be awesome. And then King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. That'd be good to see on Saturday. Primus yeah, is on Friday. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think Oysterhead is like the supergroup with Les Claypool. I'm pretty sure. And the guy from Fish. I forgot his name. I think that's what Oysterhead is. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, I'm sick. Oof. He's sick. He's really sick. I'm really sick. I'm dying over here. You finished your beer, Jeff? I'm pretty close. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we finished ours, and that last that last gulp of mine almost took me out. He chugged it. I chugged that last bit of it. Oh, that was rough. But anyway, that that's it for the um, for the new music tours, all that good stuff. Nothing about Omar. Uh, no, no Omar. Just it's that. been it's been quiet on the quiet on the Western Front for right uh, now. All right. 
maybe next week. We'll, we won't disappoint you next week. But, All right. Uh, that's it for the pod for uh, for what is this week two of January 2020. Go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media. Social media is at Asinine Radio. Uh, do we have anything else to say, Jeff? Do you have anything else to say? Mm. Do, does Mike have any final thoughts? I have no want, thoughts. Do you want people to follow Mike? Do you want our two listeners to follow Mike? Yeah, uh, follow me on social media, Instagram, Gooznow, like the uh, Belgian Lambic, Gooznow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that really what it's from? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, go and follow Mike. It. Yeah. Friend so, of the pod, so, Mike. so fucking zero of our listeners are going to know what that is. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's it. That's all for Asinine Radio. Listen to the album of the week because we're getting into Elliot Smith's figure eight. Go listen now, right now. Right now.